Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> well, I again, we would be glad to send you these slides. You can have my notes. I, I do them on slides. We um, are not uh, able to show them, but um, last week I started speaking about Habakkuk, a very short book in the Old Testament, a prophet. Uh, the word itself, Habakkuk, means to embrace, or actually it comes from the word to wrestle, like uh, it's the same word used in Genesis, the 32nd chapter, where Jacob wrestled with an angel. And it's that cleaving, it's that grabbing, it's holding on, it's fighting, it's hanging on, if you will, for dear life. And I know that there is um, a, um, a real sense that in this hour, we are in a wrestling match. And it seems like, you know, you try to get relief. And I don't know if you've ever seen uh, whether Olympic wrestling or college wrestling. It is, there is a constant struggle to gain leverage to pin someone down, to try to, in fact, uh, immobilize you. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I've not really ever watched uh, uh, <clears throat> the wrestling, I, I call it fake. I'm sure they're good athletes, but I've never watched uh, the, the wrestling match that they get on and yell at each other and, and uh, wear hoods and masks and slam around. I, I've not really ever seen a match of that caliber, but uh, I have uh, <clears throat> at times seen the Olympic kind of sense of, you know, we're trying to gain leverage and maybe uh, I am sure within the other, uh, it's a professional wrestling, I guess you call it. I, I don't know. I, I just have always thought they kind of know who's going to win and they make a lot of loud slaps and they hit the mat and, and I'm sure it still could hurt. But anyway, I don't want one of them to come to me tomorrow night and say, I heard what you said online and I'm going to throw you against this rope and see if you like it. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm just telling you I haven't seen that kind of wrestling. But uh, that, that point of Habakkuk um, is the only book that I really have found where he is not talking to anyone else. He didn't write this to Israel. He didn't write it to Judah. He didn't write it to the children of God. He, he wrote it as talking to God as talking to God only. And when you read it, and we started in chapter 1, it's just three chapters, and Habakkuk unburdens himself, and he asks some very hard questions. Why? Why, God? Why don't you keep us from violence? Why, God, are you tolerating evil? Why, God, won't you answer? Well, you know, he is 
he is he's pouring his heart out he's sobbing he's grappling with what's going on and if you study history what has happened is the chaldeans are encroaching they've already conquered the northern tribes and they're encroaching on the southern tribe of judah and benjamin and soon going to take jerusalem and the lord has through the prophets told the children of israel that this is going to happen and Habakkuk is wrestling with this, with God. And then chapter 2, he sort of gets a vision, if you will, or an answer. He begins to grasp that indeed God is using these Chaldeans to perform his will, that God is in this, that God hasn't lost control, that God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all he asks or thinks. And he writes verse 4 of the second chapter, which is the most quoted verse in the New Testament, when he says, and but behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. And then he says, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, that started what we would call the Protestant Revolution or Reformation, if you will. It, it was that you don't get justification from um, any other place. And at that time there were uh, going on they were trying to build uh, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome and uh, the, the Pope basically uh, said if you pay enough money to give it to the building of our building then I will sort of write you a get out of jail free card if you will that I will say you're forgiven and that I am going to uh, justify you, if you will, or that I am going to call you um, as being uh, doing it on behalf of the church. And at that time, most of the countries in Europe, France, Spain, even uh, England, some others, England had, had just broken away, but many of the countries were uh, controlled by uh, kings and queens that were loyal to the Roman Catholic Church and to the Pope. And so this was this first sense of we will give you a, a, a get out of jail free card. And and of course, Martin Luther and other uh, Reformation people use this verse, the just shall live by his faith, as uh, quoted in Galatians, third chapter, and Romans, uh, the first chapter, and in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. It's quoted three times in the New Testament uh, by Paul. And they said, the just shall live by his faith. We don't have to have a person justify us. We don't have to have them do it because we believe that God has done it. And if you have faith in him, then he will forgive your sins. And I'm glad I believe that. Amen. 
And that's a, 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 a powerful point that separated uh, the early church. And of course, after uh, that, numerous uh, churches through Sweden, and you will see uh, if you go and look at old churches that are in Europe where they basically, uh, uh, you can see where they chopped out uh, the statues of Jesus on a cross because they uh, just changed. They completely changed. They became uh, followers of Luther or Lutheranism or uh, uh, that religion. And then it started uh, going back to the Bible, if you will, uh, looking at the Bible. And what does the Bible say? And then you, you can follow church history and, and see what all kind of uh, the, the splitting and the, the, uh, the church is reading more and more of the Bible. But it all started with that phrase, the just shall live by his faith. So it's a powerful book that was quoted by Paul in the New Testament. And so when a, when a person says, oh, well, why are you reading Habakkuk? Well, uh, he was probably a, a child of Levi, uh, a Levite. And from the very last verse, if you turn to the last verse in chapter 3 of Habakkuk, and I would put it up there, but if you turn to that verse, he says, to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So Habakkuk was probably a worship leader. He was probably someone that led worship and uh, had songs. And that's what chapter 2 is, is sort of about that, um, as I mentioned, uh, he is uh, seeing what God is, is able to do and how God is using some of this. And then chapter 3 is, of course, uh, powerfully uh, his prayer. Actually, chapter 3 in some, uh, in some uh, books, scholars that I read, they list it as a song because it uses the phrase selah or S-E-L-A-H after three of the verses in that chapter. So it is, um, that is oftentimes referred to and the way I always heard was, you know, stop and think about it. But in um, the original Hebrew, it was like, say that chorus again, you know, say that line again, say that verse again. And so uh, a lot of writers look at the third chapter of Habakkuk as being that of, of a song that is sung. And I, I talked last week about Romans, the first chapter, and, and, um, and how he breaks out in song, and, and he says at the 12th verse, Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my Holy One? We shall not die. There is a sense of faith. There is a sense of it, we're going to make it. You are still a mighty God. I'm still going to hold on to you. And, and I, I, I brought that out last week because it's important to realize, it, you know, Habakkuk asked with humility and he never doubted God's 
faithfulness or his sovereignty. He declared him as being mighty, as being powerful. He said, you are from everlasting. God, I, I still trust you. You know, when you get to the point where you say, well, can I ever say why God? And, and I, I've all, we've all at times been there where, you know, God, what's going on? Help us, Lord. Why does it seem like? And, and yet, make sure that you ask it and maintain your humility before God. I need God to help me. And, and, and that you recognize that God, I, you're still sovereign and you're still powerful and I know you are still able. It's one thing to ask God why with an attitude of humility and to try to ask God why from an attitude of, well, I just don't understand. God, if he were really God, if he were, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your attitude is way off. That's a, the, you know, that's what Job kept saying, if you remember. He kept saying, if I had my day in court, if God would listen to me, he'd know I'm not, I haven't done wrong. I've been good. I, if God, if you, and finally God said, whoa, Job, okay. Where were you when I laid the, fat, and, and you remember what Job's response was? <laughs> oh, God. I heard about you. Now I'm seeing you. Help me. I'm overwhelmed. He fell on the ground. So, you know, you know, when a person says, well, you know, you can't ask God why. Oh, yeah, you can ask. But you have to say, I'm not doubting his faithfulness. I'm not doubting anything about God. And then basically God is 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 basically in the second chapter Habakkuk opens up by saying I will stand on my watch and set me upon the tower you know help me climb up and I know I, I, I preached on climbing and mountains and ascent but it changes your perspective when you start getting a God view when you get a little higher and you look down on all the problems, you know? And that's why when, when you're in the midst, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, well, I'm in the valley, and my life's been bad, things are wrong, oh, it's overwhelming, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Let me climb up into this presence for a moment. Oh, Lord, <laughs> lift me up on wings like eagles. You know, help me get a different view. Why? Because it looks like the view I've got is nothing but doom and gloom and darkness, problems. I'm never getting out of it. That's why it's important. As Habakkuk said, you know what? Help me, Lord, to get up higher. That's how he opens the second chapter. And that's when he, of course, then says, you know, the just, his soul is not lifted, uh, is lifted up, is not upright in him, meaning he's humble. And he realizes that the just shall live by his faith. And, you know, and when you read that 
in the New Testament, Paul told the church at Ephesus in the second chapter, he said, when we were dead in sins, that the Lord hath quickened us together with Christ and hath raised us up together and made us sit together, where? In heavenly places. This is why I, I truly believe the, the, what the Bible says, the more we get close to the coming of the Lord, the closer we get. He said, so much the more you're going to need the house of the Lord because for an hour a week, two hours a week, three hours a week, four hours a week, getting into the presence of the Lord and for a moment escaping everything that's going around. You say, well, you just don't know. I, 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 I've got, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like clapping. I don't feel like raising my hand. That's exactly when you need to do all of that. Because that's the point that, you know, you say, well, I just don't feel like it. But that's when I, because, Lord, give me a different vision. Give me a different perspective. You know? That it is easy, you know, to at, at times allow ourselves to get our eyes, as the disciples did, on the wind and the waves. Where I am. Huh? Oh, Lord. You know, hey, God is able, still able to walk on water. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's going to make a, a, a change. I mean, Cole and Emily headed to the children's hospital early this morning. They don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, they came back with a, a praise report. He's calling me rejoicing. God is able. And you say, well, does that mean that he'll never have problems? I No, I don't know. He may need speech therapy. He may need whatever. But you know what? God is still able. I mean, you look around and <clears throat> Brother White is sitting here. He's had septus and whatever and infection and things. Here he is. You know what? God is able. I am sure there were days... He wouldn't confess them to me, maybe, but I'm sure if you got him to talking, there were days it was like, man, I'm never going to get up. I feel bad. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to make him say it, but he did. You heard it. He said, you got it. But now, when you, what do you have to do? You've got to wrestle with that. You've got to grab hold of that thought and you've got to say, you know what? The just shall live by his faith. I'm going to have faith in God. I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know how. I don't know. But one thing I do know, God is able. God is able. God is able. God is able. He's all powerful, almighty. You know? And so when you study this second chapter, he, he talks about 
He has five woes in the second chapter. And uh, one of the woes is, the first one is found in verse uh, 6, when he says, woe to him that is a, basically is a thief who increases when he shouldn't. And then in verse 9, woe to him that is coveteth evil conscience to his house and and he uh, is, is terrible. And verse 12, the third woe in the second chapter, woe to him that builds a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. And uh, then the fifth woe is uh, verse 15, woe unto him that gives his neighbor drink and parties and makes him drunk and then uh, all for the shame. And in, in verse 14, right before that last woe, he says this, this a powerful verse, another powerful verse that is quoted numerous times in the Old Testament. It's also quoted again in Habakkuk in the third chapter, but, but he says this in verse 14 of Habakkuk, the second chapter, he said, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's a powerful, prophetic utterance. You know what? What he was saying is, the Lord is still in control. He's just gone through four woes. He's just said, woe, 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 woe. He's about to say another woe. And yet, Moses wrote in Numbers, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Isaiah wrote that the seraphims that he saw in heaven Remember, they were crying, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. In the 11th chapter, he said, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Ezekiel said the same thing in 43rd chapter in the second verse. The glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east and his voice is like the noise of many waters and the earth shined with his glory. Fast forward to the second book of Corinthians. The fourth chapter, Paul is writing. Turn there. We like to quote starting at about verse 10, 11, and 12. But notice what he says in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When you're troubled on every side, we're not distressed. When we are perplexed, we are not in despair. And he goes through, cast down, not forsake. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying you gotta get in his presence enough to get the glory flowing. <laughs> you know, I know people say, well, why do you say you need to pray through? Used to be the way it was said, 
years ago, and I, I know, you know, we didn't have as much counseling, and I, I understand. I, I've had, I had three pastors call me this week because their kids started back to school, and there were situations that came up with all three of them, and they were quandary, what do I do, how do I handle this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and I, I get the whole counseling notion, and I, 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 I understand being overwhelmed by some of these situations where it doesn't seem, but you know what the old solution used to be was you need to pray through. In fact, they use a phrase called plead the blood. In other words, you get a hold of God and you don't get out of that altar until you've got an answer. Now, I know we're, we, we're not that way, but there's something about breaking open the box, letting the light of the glory of God get in his presence. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I haven't, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what, how I should respond. I, let me tell you what you got to do. At some point, you got to get, climb the mountain, get in his presence. Let the glory, the light of the glory, because once you begin to feel the glory of God, it changes everything about it. And I realize when you're, when you're struggling, laying in a hospital bed, when you're in pain, when you're whatever, the fill in the blank, it's not easy. But that's especially when I need to say, Lord, I'm going to press my way into your presence and until I touch the hem of his garment and I'm going to wrestle this down. Revelation, the 18th chapter, says the earth starts off with the first verse the earth was lighted with his glory. So what are you saying? That, that was the fifth, fourth woe. The fifth woe is woe to him. The last woe is in the 19th verse. Woe to him that saith to wood, awake and to the dumb stone arise, and it shall teach. What are you saying? I, I'm saying that Everybody's going to serve somebody. And I know we're, we're fixing to start our, uh, our annual uh, worship of guys chasing a pigskin up and down a field. And I'm not, I'm not preaching against it because I'd, I'd be held as a traitor <clears throat> to uh, whatever team you're fond of. But you, you're going to have a lot of people spend a lot of money, give a lot of coaches unsolicited advice, show a lot of emotion, <clears throat> pound, uh, yell, scream, buy colors to match whether it's scarlet and gray or maize and blue or whatever it is that you like and you're going and I'm okay have fun but let me tell you you got to have that much fun in the house of the lord <laughs> you got to be that he said well I don't want to look like I'm 
I don't want I don't want to dress like anybody thinks that I'm I'm apostolic, but here I am with my head painted gray and my t-shirt on and my socks on and what <laughs> I I have to be candid with you when I first moved here 20 years ago and I, I, I've learned since I I was somewhere and I saw these socks that with had marijuana leaves on them I was like what are, what are they they just openly have marijuana here and and I said to somebody I said I marijuana socks what's that for and he goes that's the buckeye plant I was like oh sorry sorry I didn't I didn't realize I was I looked like a funny looking weed on there I I didn't realize I made a mistake I <clears throat> anyway what are, you, what are you saying, Pastor? Sin? No. I, I, what I'm saying is we're prone to idolatry. And when you look at the five woes, basically in this second chapter, he, he says thieves, those that are covetous, proud, those that are criminals, murderers, oppressors, those that are drunk and immoral and violent, and then fifth, those that are idolaters and false worshipers. That covers about everything. And do we have a world that is pushing immorality and drug and alcohol abuse and covetousness and proud and theft and false worship we do so we we feel like Habakkuk felt yet he ends this 20th this second chapter with the 20th verse but the Lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silence before him wow then he he blows right into chapter 3 and he explains this is a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on the Shigenoth. And probably that's some sort of an instrument or something. And in verse 2, he said, Oh Lord, I've heard, this is of the third chapter, last chapter of Habakkuk. I have heard thy speech. This is when he starts singing by faith. You know, he's, he's cried out. He's, he's unleashed his burden. He's, he's then talked to the Lord, and now he's praying, and he's singing, and he's worshiping, and, and he's, he's made declarations of faith. Now, verse 2, he says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, what does he ask for the Lord to do? Remember mercy. That's what we're supposed to be praying in this hour. Oh, I know. I want to pray, Lord, get them. You don't probably, but you know, when they <clears throat> cut me off and point me in a direction, I want to say, Go for it, God. Take them out. 
Yet we're not supposed to be praying that way. <laughs> Have you ever felt overwhelmed? What's your first prayer? God, get me out of this. Be careful because Daniel's prayer got him into it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's prayer got him into it. But what are we supposed to pray? He said, oh Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy. Then he said, God came from Teman, which is near Sinai, the Holy One from Mount Paran. And, and if you study those words out, actually those words, uh, one is from Edom and it's like God came from the line of Edom and from near Sinai and then it's that Selah. Uh, say it again, repeat it again. Then he, he, the rest of that verse says his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. I told you in the second chapter he said that. He repeats it here in the third chapter, third verse. His glory covered the heavens the earth was full of his praise. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? The Bible is very clear. I don't have to praise him. You don't have to praise him. The rocks will praise him. The earth is full. The Bible says the trees wave their hands. I want to tell you, the Lord is going to be honored in this hour. I want to praise him as much as I can. Praying for mercy. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hands, talking about power. There was the hiding of his power. Verse 5, before him went the pestilence and the burning coals were forth at his feet. That sounds just like Revelation, doesn't it? He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations. The everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I want to tell you something. When the Lord comes back, he is, he is God over this whole planet. I know we can do all we can to stop climate change and do all we can to stop the storm. He is still God Almighty. Verse 7, I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. The Lord, was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea that you did right? All of this sounds just like he's quoting what John's talking about, how the water's going to dry up and how the ocean's going to, the third of it's going to die. Habakkuk was, was singing this song. Thy bow was quite naked according to the oaths of the tribe, even thy word, Selah. He says it, uh, repeat that again. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. Verse 11, the sun and moon stood still in their habitation. I want to tell you something. The Bible is very clear. I know we all have a commodity called time right now, but there's going to be a time when time shall be no more. 
And that's what Habakkuk was saying. He says, The sun and moon stood still. At the light of thine arrows they went. At the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people. Even for the salvation of thine anointed. I want to be part of the people. I want to be part of the anointed. I want to tell you something. Just as Habakkuk believed that God was going to save and set free and deliver, I too believe the very same thing. No matter how bad it gets, the Lord is still in control. Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation under the neck. Then Selah again. Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thy horses through the heap of great waters. When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at thy voice. Rottenness entered into my bones and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. That's what we have. A rest that we can enter into in the midst of whatever's going on. We ought to have a peace and a calm. Keep reading. I'm, I'm about over. I know it's almost eight. When he cometh up to and to his people, he will invade them with his troops. Then verse 17, 18, and 19. Three. He ends this prophecy with three of the most powerful praise songs that you can sing. If you can't think of anything else, read chapter 2 and verse 4 and then put your thumb, push it to the end of the book because the last three verses, he is now, he has prayed and he has praised and he has trusted and now he's going to keep praising. And you know what he says? Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me walk on high places to the chief singer on my string instruments. What do you say? Habakkuk? Are you overwhelmed? Yes. Are you burdened? Yes. Are you struggling? Yes. You see all the wickedness? Yes, 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 yes. Are you, is it over? Yes. 
yet. I don't care what happens. I don't care what's going on emotionally. I don't care what's going on mentally. I don't care what's going on physically. I don't care what's happening. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, there's no fruit. The labor of the olive shall fail. The flock, there'll be no flock. There's no herd in the stall. I don't care if I don't have a dime. I don't care what my life is like yet. Will I rejoice in the Lord? I will joy in the God of my salvation. He's going to take me up into high places. He'll make my feet like hind's feet. And I, I know, I, I, I confessed my I, I don't even live in the hills. I don't live in the mountains. I don't even live in just a little. But it's it, it, hard for me to struggle up my little rolling nothing. Huh? And, and you know what? I, I've been out there, and there'd be a little deer, and they just go flip, 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 flip. And I'm thinking, okay, smart Alec. I'll just try that. Flip, flip. Oh, God. Know what I'm talking about? I'm sure if you looked at a video of mountain goats or antelope or whatever, they do the same thing. Just Clip, 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 right up the mountain. I don't, I've not yet ever seen one. (sighs) Boy, that was a hill. (sighs) Oh, God. Make my feet like hind's feet. Hallelujah in this hour, huh? Give me a, let me jump over a few things. I I mean, they don't, they can be standing next to a four or five foot fence and you walk up, think you, well, I got them now cornered. They just go flip and they're over. Flip, boom. Huh? You say, oh, pastor, I, I thought I could catch him. No, you're going to be overwhelming me. <laughs> Habakkuk said, you have to wrestle sometimes this down. But you can prevail. If you stay hold, hang on to God. You keep praising. You keep worshiping. You keep believing. You keep trusting. You say, well, how's it going to change my job? How's it going to change? Habakkuk said, this is bigger than my job. It's bigger than the fruit trees. It's bigger than the olives. It's bigger than the calves. It's bigger than the sheep. This is bigger than my health. You say, well, I don't feel it. It's bigger than all of that. I'm serving a big God. He is able. Let's stand.